Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show coming to you live, commercial-free from my super-secret Batcave. Folks, we are back, back in the middle of greatness. So we are speeding our way towards uh, Thanksgiving, and with Thanksgiving comes uh, Survivor Series, and so... We are uh, gearing up for that also. And I just found out about this today only because of a video that I saw from the good folks over at Cultahawk just this morning. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) I know this is going to doom me from probably even being able to go, but if you wanted a ticket, to WrestleMania next year in Dallas. It's on pre-sale right now. Right now, you can get a ticket. Now, I know my mentioning that will probably mean that I won't be able to go. And, you know, that's fine. That's okay. I'm, I mean, it's not really. (laughs) Who am I kidding? I want to go to WrestleMania. But, you know what? Things happen. So, if I don't get a ticket this next year, uh, there's uh, Los Angeles in 2023. So, eh, we'll see what happens. But, that uh, all in play. Let's uh, go over uh, briefly what is going to be uh, in with the show this week. Very simple roadmap for y'all. We uh, start off with news from Cultaholic. Then uh, we go to the uh, Wrestling Rewind. And we finish up this week with Dark Side of the Ring becoming Warrior. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was... That was a trip of of an episode to watch. So we'll get to all that. So uh, we'll be back in uh, just a moment. And we will get going with the news. Don't go anywhere. All right, folks, time for the news. And in this week's news... Just picking out a couple stories from the good folks over at Cultaholic. Uh, So we start off, and this is just the gift that keeps on giving. This is from Aiden Gibbons. Uh, The headline is Becky Lynch uh, doesn't trust Charlotte Flair. Claims things are difficult with her right now. Uh, so let's just uh, let's just uh, read the uh, story, shall we? Uh, Becky Lynch has addressed her reported real-life heat with Charlotte Flair. Uh, Lynch and Charlotte were involved in the main event segment October 22nd, SmackDown. That was the contentious belt exchange where uh, they were set to swap SmackDown Raw Women's Championships 
segment quickly uh, descended into farce, though after Flair threw uh, her title on the ground, which was not part of the original plan, and then this led to backstage altercation between Flair and Lynch, which resulted in the Queen being escorted um, out of the arena by security. Reports uh, have since noted that while Flair and Lynch uh, were previously best friends, they have grown apart in recent years and have a strained relationship. Uh, Speaking to Sports Illustrated media podcast, Becky Lynch has addressed uh, her relationship with Charlotte and admitted that they are no longer on speaking terms. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Quote, I don't know, man. Uh, we don't talk anymore. We don't talk. So all I'll say is that the locker room needs a hero sometimes. And sometimes uh, somebody's got to be a hero. I'm all right being that hero. That's what I'll say on that matter. Lynch revealed. The man then noted uh, is more difficult to work with an opponent if they have real life heat. Uh, with one another, uh, that is something Flair Lynch uh, will have to uh, address, uh, though, as they are uh, are supposed to go one-on-one at Survivor Series. Uh, quote, uh, oh, 100% more difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing. When you've got two people who are wanting to work together to make magic, then you make magic. Sometimes when there's hostility, when you can't, trust the person, then you never know uh, what's going to happen. Always have uh, to be on guard. Uh, it's like game of chess. Uh, you have to be thinking two steps, three steps, four steps ahead. What uh, are they going to do? How am I going to handle it? If they do this, uh, if they do that, whatever. Lynch added, quote, uh, this business is built on trust, working together, uh, and that's the art of it. Um, that's the beauty of it. If I make you look good, you uh, make me look good. It's an art. It's a beautiful art. It's an art I love more than anything. If people don't know um, how to make that art, then it becomes difficult. It becomes tricky, and you never really get the full potential, but... Uh, there's intrigue there too because we never know was this meant to be uh, or was this meant to happen uh, was this not meant to happen what's going uh, to go down there's interest uh, in um, in both ways uh, one way it's the beautiful art of pro wrestling the other way is a bit of a bleep show uh, so we'll see what happens, end quote. Uh, Lynch then revealed that she is no longer uh, trust Charlotte and uh, things are difficult between the pair right now. She uh, also admitted they were previously best friends but did not address if they were currently friends. So let's let's just unpack this for for uh, for a moment. So, you know, when you are in the ring with somebody, you may, 99.9% of the people 
in the wrestling business do not have legitimate heat with a person backstage. Okay, They don't have a problem with them. It's all scripted. It's all, um, you know, a storyline. There's no ill will. And, you know, uh, WWE has, has, has made it a, uh, you know, made it a thing as of late to, you know, on their documentaries, um, their behind the scenes, whatever, you know, to show that, you know, person that won, you know, hugs the person who lost, and they exchange, you know, pleasantries, like, oh, man, this is, this is so cool for you, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, you know, oh, you had such a great match, you know, and, and it's just this really cool sportsmanship type moment. <sighs> but when you are not on good terms, then you have to worry. Then you have to worry about your safety in the ring because you have to trust each other. You know, both both people have to trust that they're going to, it's like Becky Lynch said, I make you look good, you make me look good. I help you, you help me. And if we don't do that, then guess what? Um, we, we, can, we can go around and, and it's probably going to get ugly. And so, yeah, you have to be able to work uh, with, you know, you have to work with a person. You have to be professional, as they say. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, maybe uh, we can sort of work, but not really. No, you have to have 100% trust in that person. So with Charlotte and Becky going up against each other in a few weeks' time at Survivor Series, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. All right, so uh, that's story number one. Story number two is uh, Hacksaw. Jim Duggan uh, gives his uh, health update following back-to-back -back surgeries. Um, and uh, Duggan was uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer last month. This is from Mitch uh, Wadden. Uh, Jim Duggan uh, has provided fans with an update on his health after going uh, surgery following prostate and cancer diagnosis. Alfheimer announced late October that he had been diagnosed with pr uh, prostate cancer. He'd be going to surgery later in the week. Uh, decision uh, came uh, just a week after Duggan um, had also undergone uh, emergency surgery. In an update, Hacksaw uh, says he's now back home and recovering, but he has uh, made the decision to cancel the remaining appearances uh, he has booked uh, for the remainder of the year to focus on his health. A uh, new, um, new uh, video posted to his uh, social media Duggan said, quote, hi, everybody. I just uh, wanted to give everybody 
quick update after my back-to-back -back surgeries. Obviously, I'm home, doing well, feeling much better. I also want to thank um, everyone for their thoughts and prayers. The good wishes, you know, folks. Um, it's humbling to have so many uh, people all over the world uh, care. I tell you, um, it means a lot. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you so much uh, for so many uh, folks uh, for checking in on me. Uh, also, I'd like to say, I'm sorry, I hope you'll understand that I'm going to have to cancel the rest of uh, the shows for this year, but we're looking forward to traveling the world next year, uh, God willing. So hopefully, we'll see you down the road. Again, thank you very much. Good wishes, um, or for all the good wishes and prayers. God bless, and hopefully we'll see you all soon. Wow, I I am so floored. I I that is really tough. That hacksaw um, is going through the throes of prostate cancer, but uh, hopefully he will get through this. Tons of positive vibes. Tons of prayers coming his way uh, from this guy right here. Hey, you have heard me say on this very here show, this very here um, uh, podcast a number of times that, honest to goodness, look, my, my dad is a bit of an older school uh, wrestling fan. He doesn't really watch, you know, wrestling now, but, uh, I mean, his, his favorite... Uh, wrestler, swear to you, <laughs> his favorite wrestler, swear to you, is is hacksaw. So, uh, yeah, that's just that's, yeah, that's that's something. Uh, so that is the update on uh, hacksaw. Let's see if I can find one more. Uh. One more. Um, so, this is also from Mitch uh, Wadden of uh, Cultaholic. Uh, the Undertaker reveals he needs knee surgery. Uh, WWE icon has gone through a host of major surgeries throughout his career, uh, having previously undergone partial hip replacement, both sides, uh, which, trust me, that, mm, that does not feel good. Trust me. <laughs> Uh, and the dead man says his think surgeries um, lined up to get a new knee uh, for his right leg. Uh, speaking to the Normandy invasion um, on uh, Sports Radio 96.7, the ticket, part of WrestleMania 38 promotion media, take a uh, rev um, reveal. Quote, both my hips are partial hip uh, replacements already. I need um, a right knee. So I have surgeries, plural, <laughs> lined up. Uh, I just got to wait uh, until hunting season is over. Having not wrestled since WrestleMania 36, confirming his retirement Survivor Series last year, Taker, uh, was asked if he's still um, the Undertaker these days or if he feels more like Mark Calloway now. I, mm, 
pause for just a second. I, for the last 30-ish years, I, I knew his name was Mark Calloway. I, I knew it, but out of absolute respect to him, I, I've, I have always, I have always, 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 always called him Undertaker, always, and I will forever <laughs> call him Undertaker. Uh, that's neither near, neither here nor there, but uh, I just thought that was kind of an interesting uh, bit there. But anyway, uh, moving on, um, uh, Undertaker responded, you know uh, what, I'm um, somewhere caught in the middle, and um, that would uh, be uh, the American badass, I think. That, oh, that, that was a great, you know, mesh of, 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 of characters right there. My goodness. Uh, there was a run there in the early 2000s uh, where I kind of moved away from the traditional Undertaker and turned into uh, the biker gimmick, uh, which is just another extension of my real personality. I'm going to call it uh, there in the middle between uh, all three of those, really. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, quote, uh, you're not going to see, uh, unless it's a very special uh, kind of event, uh, I'm going um, to kind of let uh, that character rest and let the legacy of it live uh, in people's memories. Mark Calloway will always be the Undertaker, it's just now that you're going to get a little bit more insight on the Undertaker from Mark Halloway, if that makes sense. So, basically, he's starting to say, you know what? I'm going to let the character speak for, 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 for itself, but I'm going to pretty much say, yeah, now I'm talking about the character. Now I'm talking about the Undertaker. So I thought that that was a really uh, interesting uh, deal right there. So again, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to the Undertaker. Hope that he gets uh, better soon. Uh, and like you say, having double hip replacements that is not fun. <laughs> that is not fun. Uh, so big ups and uh, big uh, thoughts and prayers and good vibes coming. Undertaker's way from me. Right. We will uh, come back with the uh, wrestling rewind, and then we will finish up the show with uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Do not go anywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and time for the wrestling rewind. I give you the basics of what happened the previous week so you can uh, keep on top of stuff. So, let's start uh, with last week's Monday Night Raw. Uh, and this started off with a bang and a heck, a heck of a match. It was Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And I don't know. This was, this was, this was physical. 
it was really cool. It worked on so many levels. They have great chemistry in the ring. But I'd like to start to see somebody else going after Becky Lynch. Um, this whole Becky being a heel, I, I still don't buy it. Still don't buy it. Um, because, you know, she's not really a cowardly heel. She isn't trying to get herself, you know, counted out or anything of that nature. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, you can wear, you know, you can wear black and you can have like a, you know, a, just a, a, you know, serious expression on your face, you know, and all that. But I don't know. I, and maybe it's a work in progress. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't really see it. Now, this was a physical match. It was back and forth. It was incredible. Um, least report, uh, said A minus and yeah I I I'm not uh, gonna argue that. It was so good. Now there was one little part where I was like, okay, maybe this is where we start seeing a bit of heel stuff. Maybe. And that was the end where uh Becky Lynch pulled off the top turnbuckle uh shoved Bianca into uh, the exposed turnbuckle uh, and scored the pin. So maybe, maybe that's where we start with, with this heel turn. But, <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, on its face, she is the most over-wrestler on this planet. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But that was a heck of a match. Um, next up was uh, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley, your tag team champions, uh, versus uh, Carmella and Queen Zelina. Uh, this was okay. Um, I mean, this was, this was okay, um, but nothing really, uh, too, uh, spectacular. Um, but, um, you had... Um, a lot of great action. I think Nikki A.S.H. had a a really good chunk of the action here. She looks amazing in the ring. Uh, she is really, really, really taken off. Rhea Ripley, I, uh, it's it's frustrating because I see the potential. I see the the heart. I see the drive. 
I see the hard work, but it feels like they're kind of holding her back some. I, I don't understand what's going on with that. Um, but, um, you know, hey, Rhea, Rhea is, is, is amazing. I'm a little put off by, uh, Carmella with, you know, the whole mask thing. It, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a little put off by that. Um, you know, I, I get it to some degree, but I you know, I'm I'm a little put off. the The match was was good. Um, like say Nikki, I think was was you know the main part of you know the the match. Um. But um. Anyways, uh, there's that. Um, let's see. Moving on. Yeah, the Street Profits uh, versus uh, the Dirty Dogs of Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode. Yep, yes, please. <laughs> they, they, they are making magic. Those two teams are absolutely amazing to watch. And you know, I, I love that Robert Roode has a direction now. I, I, I'm i glad that he's paired up with Dolph Ziggler. I think they pair off really well with each other. Um, I think that there is a chip on both of their shoulders. Kind of like, you know what? Both of us have been overlooked during time in WWE. And no, it's it's our time. It's our turn. Um, and the Street Profits, I mean, Street Profits are over no matter what. I mean, they, they are what Bruce Pritchard says on his show, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, uh, uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, there we go. <laughs> uh, but Bruce Pritchard was saying, you know what, there's just certain people that don't need a title to... Uh, to get over with with the fans, and I, I I think the street profits are in that conversation. I I could be wrong, but I really believe that the um, dirty dogs. Mm, I think if 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 they have some more, you know, good work, I I I could totally see them, you know, dethroning RK Bro. And going on a bit of a run, uh, I I I really, I I I really think at some point we're going to to get that matchup. It's going to be well, lack of a better word, glorious. It is going to be absolutely amazing to see those two going uh, after each other. Um, but the action was great, and I, I, I loved it. Um, and, so, um, 
Here was um you know, so uh you know here was here's the deal. Uh you had uh T bar versus Damian Priest. This was a banger, as they say. This was insane. This was the first time since uh, T-Bar came up to the main roster where I thought, okay, they're starting to actually play off of his physicality. They're playing off of his strengths. And they're just not making him like like a joke. You know, this was the first time I'd seen T-Bar in the main roster and it's kind of like, okay, this is what I remember from NXT. So I was really, really grateful for that. It was, you know, a disqualification match. And if you heard my my deal last week, I said, you know what? I don't want a street fight. I don't want a no DQ match just for the sake of that. Because... If there's nothing behind it, if there's no stakes, if there's no story, and it's just like we're just putting these two people in, then it, it feels like they're just kind of wasting a match. It, it's like when I was a kid. When you heard Street Fight or you heard No Disqualification, it was... The idea that, you know, the babyface has been, you know, uh, beaten up. He's, you know, he or she's been, you know, uh, humiliated and uh, wronged and all these other things. But gosh darn it, now we're going to give he or she a chance to come out, you know, on top to, you know, basically... Uh, say we're throwing out the rules, so you know they can they can come in and they can say, "Yep, we are going to overcome all these odds, and we're finally going to beat this person." But that's that's not what's happening nowadays. Now it's like eh, we're just gonna throw a, 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 a you know a disqualification street fight in just for the heck of it. Um, the other thing uh, uh, I'm really not really uh, liking about the no DQ street fight type matches is that usually nowadays it's to cover up the lack of wrestling ability uh, from, uh, you know, let's say a Goldberg or an Undertaker. With all due respect. All due respect. I respect the crap out of those two. But you saw more uh, more street fights, more no DQ fights towards the end of their careers because of their mobility, because of, you know, uh, them having, you know, uh, you know, uh, limited, uh, uh, you know, uh, motion you know, <clears throat> in in the ring. But uh, here, you've got two 
active and, 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 and really just intense individuals. T-Bar and Damian Priest. And boy, I, I, as much as I do not like street fights because of the frequency of, of the street fights that, that have been going on as of late, this one was was just it was insane. It was insane. And uh I you know I loved this um the level of violence was was good. They were power bombing each other through tables they got out kendo sticks. Um, I mean, it was just, it was so good. It was so well thought out. It was so well planned out. I loved it. It was, it was really, really, really cool. Um, so there was uh, that. <clears throat> um, and then uh, to wrap up, uh, Raw, you had... Uh, Biggie and Kevin Owens, that was a great match as well. Two big men going after each other. Uh, next up, NXT. And uh, Mandy Rose comes out. And, um, you know, uh, you know, Shirai, you know, and got involved. Casey Canzaro, uh, Caden Carter, um, and, uh, so there, there was that. It, I don't know. I, I like the um, idea of an opening promo, but I think that that's the other thing that WWE relies too much on is the opening promo. Is the, um, you know, is the idea of okay. Uh, we're going to come out here and we're going to talk for 20 minutes. And it's just kind of like, um, uh-huh, oh, oh, okay. Um, so, uh, anyway, um, So, there's that. Uh, next up, Dakota Kai versus Cora Jade. Really not much to talk about here. Uh, the evolution of Dakota Kai, I think, is 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 there. Um, but, yeah, it's just really not much to, to, to write home about. Uh, Robert Stone versus uh, Zion uh, Quinn. And this was, um, you know, this was kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't say joke, but this was kind of a gimmicky, you know, type match. I'm really upset that they're doing Robert Stone dirty like this because, I mean, he was Robbie E in Impact, TNA Impact. But now, uh, Robert Stone 
is it's just getting flung around. And it's just kind of like, I don't know. They, that was another, like, what the heck moment. <laughs> um, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner uh, versus Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild with Electra Lopez. Um, this was a really, really, really good match. Uh, between these two teams, uh, the uh, members of Legado del Fantasma, I mean, they are always really uh, working uh, really, really well with each other. I think they have the most cohesion uh, as far as the tag team. Uh, and so... I think it's just a matter of time before they they get, you know, a tag team title shot and and they are tag team champions, you know, for for a good stretch. Not not just for a moment, but you know, for, for a good stretch. Um O'Reilly and Von Wagner, that's kind of a thrown together team. I don't know. Maybe WWE is saying, well, you know, Kyle, uh, why don't you mentor this person? And that might be their way of saying, please don't go to AEW. Which I'm like, uh-huh, he's halfway out the door. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly looked like he was halfway out the door. He, you know, um, you know, he um, saw Von Wagner uh, get uh, get the uh, the pin, or take the pin, I should say. And then there was this, you know, tension of like, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you listen to me? I told you to do this. I told you to do that. But I, I tell you, this could be the beginning of the end for Kyle O'Reilly in. NXT in WWE, and I think that's where we're headed. I could be wrong, but I think that's where we're headed. Um, the other uh, one that I saw was uh, Solo Sikoa versus G Rama, and um, this was a heck of a match. Um, and I gotta say, I gotta say that, um, you know, uh, Solo, uh, Sokoa, uh, there, there, there's no family resemblance. <laughs> there is absolutely no family resemblance there between him and his brothers. Uh, the Usos, none whatsoever, or him and his cousin Roman Reigns, none whatsoever. Uh, but unlike the bloodline, it looks like Solo is more of a baby face. And, you know, I think that he's on the right path. Um, 
he did the, you know, he did the, the Rikishi splash. Um, he did the, the Uso, you know, uh, uh, splash at the end. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's some similarities. There's some, there's some things that Solo is taking, uh, you know, as part of his gimmick. So, I think give it a year, give it a couple of years. And I think that Solo can really make it big in this business. I, I really do think that he can. So I, it was a short match, but I think it was uh, a match that really needed uh, to, uh, to happen. Uh, so that was basically what I saw from NXT, and, and then uh, finally uh, we uh, talk about uh, SmackDown, and uh, we start off with Roman Reigns setting up main event between Jimmy Uso and King Woods uh, again. This was a uh, okay promo but you know it was like the whole you know you're gonna bow down to me no you're gonna bow down to me no you're gonna and it's like okay and and they had to play that that uh that graphic you know just so many times of like who's who's gonna bend the knee I'm like oh jeez okay okay I get it but you didn't have to do it every after every segment, uh, that was the part that I was like a little unsure about. Um, Shannon Baszler versus Naomi. Um, so, um, you had, um, you had, uh, Naomi. Uh, lose to Shane Baszler. I I think that was the the right move. Um, you can only bury Shayna so much. Um, I don't know what the deal is between Sonya Deville and and Naomi. Uh, maybe I've maybe I've missed that part. I I, I that seems like that storyline just kind of come out of absolutely nowhere. Um. It doesn't mean it's a bad, bad idea, but I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, so, um, that is, uh, that is, uh, Naomi and, uh, Shayna. Um, you had, um. Uh, Chelsea Blackheart, and she's starting to turn, like, full-on heel. I love it. I think that's the right move for her. I think this, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to win mentality, I think that works really well for her. Uh, since uh, then, uh, you had uh, Cesaro and uh, Mansoor versus Los Lotharios, uh, which is... Uh, of course, uh, Angel Garza and Humberto <clears throat> Carrillo. So, 
Um, I tell you, um, this was a really, really, really good match. Um, this was a, a good introduction into the repackaging, if you will, of, of Garza and Creo. Um, they are cousins. Um, for the longest time, I, I looked at Umberto, I, I looked at Angel, and I thought, yeah, I don't see the similarities. I, I mean, I'll, 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 I'll believe your cousins, <laughs> but I didn't really see that similarity. Uh, but then now that they've repackaged and, and rebranded and all that, now I'm like, oh, okay, seeing them both side to side, uh, you know, side by side, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, yep, you, you very clearly are cousins. I, okay, I get it, <laughs> you know, and, um, I really, I really think this is a good idea. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that WWE doesn't do to Los Lotharios uh, the same way that they did to uh, the Shining Stars, where they they pushed them just enough, and then they backed with heck off. You know they, you know they made the Matadors, and that was getting over like Rover, and then. They had to pull that back. Then they made them these glorified travel agents. And that was like, okay, I don't even get that. But um, we'll we'll see what happens um, from there. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Drew McIntyre... Um, beat uh, Ricochet. Biggest moment that people have been talking about is uh, McIntyre catching Ricochet midair with uh, with a Claymore for the win. That was that was pretty incredible uh, to see. Uh, you got uh, Happy uh, Corbin Madcap Moss uh, going um, going into um, Face Viking Raiders. It was a rather forgettable match. Um, and then, of course, Xavier Woods and Jimmy uh, Uso. Um, Woods won. Um, but uh, Reigns comes out. Roman Reigns comes out. Um, and just beats the snot out of uh, Xavier Woods' king. Woods, and um, so, you know, this was a good, this was a good, you know, push. Right, <clears throat> so that is your Wrestling Rewind for uh, the uh, week. One more segment to go, and then we will close up shop, so don't go anywhere. All right. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the final segment of this show. Before we get into Dark Side of the Ring, Becoming Warrior, big thank you to everybody that uh, has uh, been listening to me. I'm very, very, very grateful for that. I am worldwide. <laughs> I am listened to in 18 different countries. It is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you very much. Thank you to the godfather, if you will, Mr. Craig Smith, OneStopWrestling.com. You've heard me talk about OneStopWrestling.com and for good reason, because it quite literally is the one-stop shop for everything, everything wrestling. We have amazing podcasts, Queen's Takeover podcast, Jonesy Chats Wrestling, the It's My House podcast, uh, so many great, great uh, podcasts uh, there uh, to watch. Uh, we've got YouTube channels. We've got actual podcasts. So uh, we've got that. We've got articles from all different perspectives all across the vast spectrum of professional wrestling. So go to onestopwrestling.com and you will be absolutely blown away. The other thing that I have to uh, do is, uh, of course, thank the good folks from Cultaholic uh, for the uh, for the uh, for the news. Uh, they do a heck of a job. They are on top of current events, of up, you know up to the minute, you know uh, uh, things. They will get on air uh, to uh, talk about stuff uh, like they did last week. Uh, I believe it was last week uh, with uh, the releases, and so. Uh, it is absolutely just amazing the work that the guys over at Cultaholic do. So, uh, obviously, thank you to them for supplying the news. Very grateful for that. Also, uh, also want to uh, thank the good folks over at EnvatoElements.com. You've heard me talk about them for a while now, but I'm going to plug them again. And that is, when I decided to jazz up this show, when I thought, you know what, this, this show needs music, needs sound effects, it needs some, some depth to them. And I looked absolutely everywhere online. I looked... Uh, I looked absolutely everywhere online. I um, was uh, looking for royalty-free music, and I thought, oh, I'm not finding what I'm what I'm wanting. It's not quite what I had in mind, and I was just that close. I'm I'm pinching my fingers together. <laughs> I was that close to saying, eh, maybe. Maybe I don't have music or sound effects. 
But then, thankfully, I listened to a podcast, and they were talking about Envato Elements, and I thought, huh, oh, okay. I went on to EnvatoElements.com, and I tell you what, folks, that was eye-opening. That was insane. I mean, music, royalty-free music, sound effects, video clips, uh, photos, um, uh, anything you need for a podcast, for a YouTube channel, if you have a presentation, if you have a project, or if you just want to just, you know, uh, listen to some really cool music, uh, go to EnvatoElements.com. I will spell that out for you, E-N-V-A-T-O-Elements.com. And it will be amazing for you guys. Now, you do need to pay for uh, the uh, for the service. You can either pay uh, a one-time fee, which is a uh, annual uh, uh, charge, or you can do it month to month. I decided to do a year-to-year deal. But for everything, and I mean absolutely everything that you get uh, when you, uh, when you uh, pay for it, it is well worth the money. So again, if you have a podcast, a YouTube channel, a project, a presentation, or you just want to just check out some really cool media, go to EnvatoElements.com and... You will have a great time. Right. So, uh, we get now to the final segment of the show, and that is uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Becoming Warrior. Now, this was um, really not much new um, with, you know, with... Warrior, um, although I will say that there was the lead up to Warrior being in WWE. So you you saw well, at the time uh, Jim Helwig go from you know just this really jacked up, and I mean jacked. I mean the guy was just jacked. Good Lord. But this jacked up uh, bodybuilder that uh, won Mr. Georgia. Uh, could he have won Mr. Olympia? I don't know. Uh, I mean, may- maybe. Um, but uh, Warrior got in with... Sting, Steve Borden, um, they were the Freedom Fighters, then they were the Blade Runners, and they had this tag team thing going on for a while. But then they kind of split. Steve was, uh, according to everybody they, they interviewed, Steve was teachable. 
Steve was like, hey, maybe I can really learn about the craft of professional wrestling. Whereas Warrior couldn't care less. He, he was just kind of like, nah, I'm just in this for the money. Eh, whatever gets me on television. Eh, whatever. And that's nothing new. That is nothing. That is public knowledge. Okay. But again, the lead up, that was all stuff. I'm like, huh, okay, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. And then um, the other uh, thing that I thought was interesting was that they interviewed his, uh, his first wife. Uh, they, they did not interview Dana. They, they interviewed his first wife. And it looked like this was this really idyllic uh, relationship. It was going smoothly. It was, it was really, just really like, oh, okay, you, you guys are kind of a cute couple. But then, unfortunately, it just turned into, you know, just this toxic uh, situation uh, where Warrior started sleeping around uh, while he was out on the road. He never really came back home. He became erratic. He became uh, uh, paranoid. And, again, all public knowledge. <laughs> so... There's that. But, you know, so hearing from his first wife, that was really enlightening to hear. It was really cool to hear from Jake the Snake Roberts. It was really cool uh, to obviously hear from Jim Ross, to hear from Eric Bischoff. Uh, but this was this was a cool moment. This was a... Convergence moment um, where, uh, well, certainly um, uh, Jim Cornette on, on his podcast has, has talked about this. Bruce Pritchard on, on his podcast has talked about this. But it was this really cool, like, huh, this, okay, this, this really did happen. This matches up where, uh, Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, and Jim Cornette, amongst uh, others, went to Arizona and took Court Warrior back, you know, back in uh, 1996. And, you know, he was talking about distrucity and just all this other stuff. And everybody was like, what the heck? And so when I heard... Jim Cornette say, what the heck, this was a waste. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so you and Bruce, you and Bruce are, 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 are on the same page. Oh, okay, I, that, was, that was a really, um, I guess you could say meta moment, uh, maybe, you know, where, where they were, they were basically on the same page. And they were saying the same thing. So there, there was that. The other uh, thing that I thought was interesting was uh, when um, 
when uh, Jim Cornette <clears throat> was talking about Bobby Heenan and, 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 and saying that, you know, Bobby, when he had to do, you know, a wrestling spot, you know, they, um, you know, Bobby would, Bobby Heenan would go to the person or the people that he was working with saying, hey, um, I've got a bad neck. I, I will take some bumps. I've got no problems with that, but please just be very aware not to mess up my neck. Um, and and everybody was like, okay, cool. Yeah, not a problem. We're good. And, 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 and it works. Warrior, not so much. <laughs> Warrior, not so much. He was kind of like, uh, yeah, no, and he went 100 miles an hour, and he then said, you broke my neck, what the heck, and, you know, if, if, if you're old enough to remember Bobby Heenan wearing that uh, neck brace, I thought that just was for, for a fact, I thought that was, you know, oh, he's, he, he's just playing. Oh, he's just playing. No, he really did break his neck. And I was like, oh, cheese warrior. Are you kidding me with this? <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I heard a thing. And then we'll finish up with the behind the scenes after wrestling stuff. But uh, the other thing that I thought that was interesting was that Jake Roberts was uh, supposed to uh, go over. Now, I'm, I'm guessing that was for the, uh, at the time, the WWF championship, that uh, he, was, he, was, he was booked. It was, it was, I mean, this was going to be for the years of service to the uh, company, to the industry. Vince McMahon was going to say to Jake, yeah, we're going to give you the ball for a while. Then uh, Jim pretty much nixed that idea uh, because he was saying, you know, uh, don't don't ever tell me what to do. You know, I'm 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 much too big for you. All this, all this other stuff. Jake Roberts was ticked off, and I would not. Would not blame him one bit. Because they're winning his push uh, to be a, be a champion. Uh, which is just really criminal. To this day, Jake Roberts should have had a championship. Yes, I know people like Bruce Pritchard are going to say he was larger in life. He didn't need a championship. But I'm thinking, yeah, but... Yeah, but he should have had, he meaning Jake Roberts, should have had a championship. Just saying. <laughs> Selfish. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, but I thought that was kind of an interesting twist. Now, very quickly, the outside of the ring stuff yeah, it turned into this right wing. And this is not a political show. It's not a political show, but Jim Hellwig Warrior turned into this right wing 
anti-LGBTQ speaker um, saying some really disparaging things about the LGBTQ community, uh, community. Again, that's public knowledge. And so, Warrior was not a good person. Maybe on some level, but yeah, I can't overlook, I cannot overlook the whole LGBTQ stuff. I just, mm, I just can't. Uh, So, um, that is that. Right, well, that's the show. Thank you again so much for listening to me. I will be back next week. And just like the Beatles saying all those many, many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.